Welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. We're so excited to see you guys here. Um, just a few kind of updates here. Um, our live stream is up and going, but we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with the visuals. And so um, sometimes it pops up there when I'm not looking. <laughs> but uh, our, our awesome team is working on it right now. Uh, but before we start that, um, I can just tell you what songs that we're going to sing. Uh, and you can look them up on your phone. And we will try and get that sorted for you right away. Um, now, welcome, everyone. Hello to everyone in the uh, CM office. We're so excited that you are. Uh, all right, there it is. We're so excited that you're here with us um, this morning. And today, I'd like to just invite you to stand for a moment. And we are actually going to be singing a new-ish song this morning. So before we get started in the actual worship service, uh, I just want to kind of intro it a little bit. We're just going to go over the chorus. It's very simple. It's a little bit more upbeat. So, you know, shake it off. I know some of you maybe just got out of bed. Um, but this song, there are very simple words. It says this, no greater friend I know, no greater peace I know, no greater hope I know, no greater joy I know. I could search high and low, any, everywhere I go, no greater river flows except for you, Jesus. So this song is all about that. It's, it's just telling that story that we've seen in many different places, maybe. We've searched for things that could satisfy our souls, but really nothing will. There's no one greater than Jesus himself. And so we're going to slow it down. We'll, we'll take it up again when we do it um, in the set, but it goes a little something like this. No greater friend. No greater friend I know. No greater peace I know, no greater hope I know, no greater joy I know. I could search high and low, any everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. It's pretty simple, right? Just a few words, you just kind of got to shake it out, get excited for it. We'll do it one more time. No greater friend. No greater friend I know, no greater peace I know, no greater hope I know, no greater joy I know. I could search high and low, and everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. Nice. Okay, you, feel, you guys feel like you got the hang of it a little bit? All right, there's a cool groove to it. I know Gordon's excited there. Um, there's a cool groove to it. Um, and we will get there, I promise. All right, church. We will just continue on. Um, our first song, if you want to look it up on your phones uh, or put it up if you're at the office, is Your Grace is Enough. I love this reminder. We come to church and be reminded that his grace is enough. It's sufficient for us today. That he is always faithful. That he is always good. Right? We're celebrating 100 years of our church this year. That's pretty incredible. And God has been faithful countless times throughout it. Through very 
Big highs and very low lows. That is who he is. He's constant in his character. And we have every reason to continue to trust him every single day moving forward. And so let's sing this song together. Your grace is enough. And just allow that to pour into this place. Allow that to remind us and encourage us in our spirits that God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy. But nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace. justice God of Jacob you use the weak to lead the strong you lead us in the song of your salvation and all your people sing along so children remember your promise oh god your grace your grace is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me your grace is enough your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Remember. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough. For me, your grace 
Last week introduced it, and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more upbeat, um, a different style. And the reason that we're doing this song is actually because in two weeks on Easter Sunday, we are going to be doing a joint service with Oakland Worship Center. Now, we've done a joint service with them before during COVID, but this is kind of a bigger thing. We're hoping to get more people just to celebrate Easter with us. And we're also going to have joint worship. And so their worship leader is going to sing this song, um, a song that they sing in their congregation pretty often. And we thought it would be great if we introduced it to you guys a little bit beforehand so you're not just thrown in there. Um, But this song is called No Greater. And as I was saying earlier, this, this beautiful picture of someone who is searching, who has searched high and low everywhere in everything and has found nothing greater than the one called Jesus. No one greater, no one higher. No one who gives more peace. No one who has done what he has done on the cross, but Jesus himself. And so this song celebrates that. And I invite you to just let loose and get into it. Uh, We're going to sing this together. I've seen many places. I've seen many places and faces I've come to know. Times I've celebrated, sweet drink I've tasted, they come and go. But there was a treasure poured without measure over the earth. A light that so bright it outshines the brightest lights of the world. No greater friend I know, no greater peace I know, no greater hope I know, no greater joy I know. I can search high and low, and everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. All right, you guys got it. My great inspiration. My great inspiration, heart's motivation still comes from you. 
one more forgiving, no one more healing, no one more true. Your love is a treasure poured without measure over the earth. The light so, a light that's so bright it outshines the brightest lights of the world. No greater friend I know, no greater peace I know, no greater hope I know, no greater joy I know. I can search high and low, any everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. All right, this next part is a call and response. So I want to hear you guys, all right? So with all my heart, I lift you up. With all my heart, I lift you up. And with all my soul, I lift you up. So with all my soul, I lift you up. And with all my strength, I lift you up. So with all my strength, I lift you up. And with all I am, I lift you up. So with all I am, I lift you up. Say with all I am, I lift you up. Say with all my heart, I lift you up. And with all my soul, I lift you up. Say with all my soul, I lift you up. And with all my strength. I lift you up with all my strength I lift you up and with all I am I lift you up say all I am I lift you up no greater friend I know no greater peace I know no greater hope I know no greater joy I know I can search high and low and everywhere I go no greater river flows than you no greater love no greater love I know, no greater strength I know, no greater way I know, no greater name I know. I can search high and low, any everywhere I go, no greater river flows than you, Jesus. Get ready. We're going to do it one more time next week, and then on Easter, get ready to celebrate. <laughs> Thank you to our wonderful team to get you guys the lyrics. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning that there is so much celebration in your house that we can clap our hands and jump around and sing and praise you for being greater than anything and anyone in this world. That we have hope because of you, that we have peace and life and joy because of you. Lord, you came with a mission on this earth. You came to give us good news. You came to open our eyes to free the captive to bring liberation and healing all over the world. That's what you came to do. And we praise you for that this morning, Lord. 
Wherever you are, there is no darkness, there is no pain, there is no suffering. Because you, your presence is greater. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. There's no darkness in your eyes There's no question in your mind God striving in your grace God of mercy God almighty let there be light open the eyes of the blind purify our hearts in your fire in your love no division in your Shame. 
wherever you are, Lord, that there would be freedom and that there would be healing and that there would be good news to celebrate. Lord, we know that that doesn't mean the world will be perfect. We know that when we become a Christian, it's not that we don't have pain, we don't have trials, we don't have struggle, but we know that it all makes a difference when you are in it with us. Because there is no one greater no one higher, no one stronger, more superior than you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are, Lord, and we pray that you'd be here today with us, teaching us, moving us, opening up your word to us, Lord. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you all be seated? Good morning, CLC. How are we all doing this morning? Uh, thank you so much, worship team, uh, for bringing in uh, just this morning, bringing the energy and being able to shake it out. Um, and also, just a quick shout out to the sound and AV team up there uh, who are hard at work today. Uh, having been up there and looked at the knobs, I backed away and came back downstairs. So thank you so much uh, for all that you guys do. Um, yeah, you can, you can applaud. Uh, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, so this 
morning. Uh, as with every morning on Sunday, simply put, the mission statement here at CLC is to make disciples who love God, love people, and who seek to serve the world. One way that we seek to do that is getting to know you, and so I do see some new faces out there in the pews, and for people tuning in at the uh, church office, or for those families that are on vacation due to spring break, um, welcome, and uh, we'd love to get to know you and your family. Simply reach us at your two favorite URLs or emails, uh, org forward slash contact for more information on our page, or uh, email us at info at org. Uh, we'd love to get you plugged in here with our families and just uh, the wonderful festivities of not the 99th or the 101th, uh, 101st uh, year at, here at CLC, but the 100-year celebration of CLC. Uh, And now for those of you who have been with us here before, uh, you know that uh, this is the time where I give you the quow or the question of the week. Originally, the question was going to be, what is your favorite allergy, given that it's spring? Uh, But I think a more appropriate one uh, with this morning's quow brought to you by CLC Retreat, taking place from April 22nd to 24th. What is the thing that you're most looking forward to at church retreat? So to the person to the right and left of you or in the comment section, let us know uh, with five words or less. Um, So this morning, uh, kicking off, uh, as you can see, the communion table is before before us here. Uh, We will be having communion as uh, Pastor Eric will be leading us through. Um, Now we're going to change things up a bit uh, for uh, rather than having the elements in hand for those of you who are joining us Uh, Here, as you're walking through the door, we will be uh, bringing back walking to the front later. Uh, So definitely excited about that. And um, for those of you who are joining us uh, from home, definitely head on over uh, to grab that uh, cracker, bread, wine, or juice. Now, speaking of things uh, that are taking place today, why not head on over to San Pablo Park after church for today's CLC Tennis Ministry Uh, as we will be having good food, a ball of a time, and definitely make sure to make some racket. Uh, We'll see you there uh, right after service uh, for a good time. Uh, Also lined up uh, for our next announcement this morning, uh, we will be having uh, our... uh, We will be having something. Uh, We will be having uh, our Good Friday uh, Stages of the Cross taking place uh, on April 15th at the CLC Church Office between 5 and 9. Make sure to stop by anytime with your family, as this will be just a great way uh, to be able to come together as a CLC Church family uh, to be able to celebrate and uh, just really come together in remembrance of Him. Um, But nothing is as sweet uh, as fellowship time there as on April 10th. Uh, Next Sunday, as we will be having a CLC uh, college ministry boba and board games that will be taking place, Uh, you might be thinking, oh, gee, you should head on over to Uji time uh, in the afternoon uh, for a good time of just good eats, good conversation, and a great way to kind of ease into the month of April. Um, Out of order, but also still kind of in order, uh, on Uh, Caitlin had hinted earlier that we will be having our Easter service 
Uh, it will be one of the greatest uh, crossovers in history as we come together with Oakland Worship Center uh, for just a great time of celebration, a uh, great time of worship, fellowship, and to just really come together here in the Oakland community um, as two churches coming together for one intent. Definitely make sure uh, not to miss that. And for those of you at the CLC church office today, just a reminder that it will all be here at SDA. So definitely we encourage you to bring your families, and we will see you then. Um, and so uh, I know I plugged uh, CLC church retreat a little earlier, but also uh, definitely it's not too late to sign up. We are looking forward to having as many families out with us from the 22nd to the 24th. Um, out in Redwood Christian Park. Um, it will rock, uh, and we will see you there. And with that, um, before I forget, uh, there is youth service today, so uh, the youth are dismissed to join Uncle Teacher Scott uh, out in the fellowship hall. And with that, I'd like to invite up the executive chef in the kitchen and on the court, Pastor Calvin, for this morning's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Denny. It's always exciting and energetic to have you up here, especially when we've got AV and visual issues this morning. But thank you for the crew for figuring that out, and hopefully we'll have it all straightened out. If not, maybe this is one of those Sundays where it's really important to have your Bible apps and your Bibles with you today. Well, good morning again. And uh, for me, I'm really grateful that I can be standing here before you. Because whenever I wake up every morning and I realize I am breathing air, I thank God that he allows me to have another day to walk on earth and spend my life with all of you here. Now, just recently, I celebrated a birthday. It's one of those milestone birthdays. And so thank you for everyone who wished me a happy birthday. My usual uh, treat for myself is I went and grilled a juicy steak and had a nice cup of wine. And uh, later in the week, I spent uh, time with my roommates from college, and we went out and had big slabs of prime rib. So I know my cholesterol went up, but that's how I enjoy my birthdays. Now, to be honest, though, at my age, I can feel those aches and pains in my body that I only heard about from the seniors that preceded me. And I have this sober realization that I am one year closer to being with my maker in heaven. Now, the reality is this. From the day we are born, the clock is ticking down to expiration. Our body gets hurt, breaks down, and thank God it can somewhat repair and heal itself. But as time passes, as we grow older, those repair systems diminish And there are some ailments and conditions that we cannot heal on our own because there's just some diseases that are not curable. And certainly, modern medicine and healthcare has made amazing progress and achievements. I mean, just look at what has been accomplished with COVID and vaccinations in the last two years. Getting sick and breaking down is the common fate of all of us. When we or our loved ones become seriously ill, we become anxious and concerned. 
And that's why it's not a coincidence that most of the prayer requests that we get as a staff are often around or surround the issue of healing, of physical ailments. We are, if we are honest about it, none of us are perfectly healthy in mind, body, or spirit. Matter of fact, we're all broken in some way. And because of our brokenness, God sent his son Jesus to be our doctor, to mend us back to wholeness. But how we want to be healed when we want to be healed may not line up with God's plan for our healing, making us often disappointed, angry, and even doubting God. Now, sadly, some of us have seen people we know walk away from the faith when loved ones that they've been praying for weren't cured of their cancer or are angry that their prayers are not answered in a way that they desired. In our current series, Jesus Plus, as preparation for Lent, as we approach Easter, the day we have chosen to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead, we are looking at different portraits or pictures of Jesus. Now, how we perceive someone often influences our attitude and behavior towards that person. This is usually based on experiences, both positive and negative, with that person. If Jesus does not heal us in the way we ask for, we can still see, can we still see him as trustworthy and good? And many of us make that mistake of putting Jesus into a little box, limiting in our minds what he can and cannot do, where Jesus is actually more than we could ever imagine, and that he wants the best for us. May not be what we want, but what we need. We began the series looking at Jesus as the good shepherd, then the vine, then as both the son of God and the son of man. And last week, Caitlin talked about Jesus as the high priest. And today, we will look at Jesus as the great physician. Now, seriously, I don't think any of us dispute the idea that God is the healer. I don't believe any of us don't want to believe that. And I am not going to try to convince you that Jesus heals. I'll leave that up to you decide if you can. But I want to be able to, and I can, share a few examples of healing that have happened at our own church. Now, in our congregation, we have seen amazing healings. And some of you know a young man named Matthew, who as a child was discovered to have a brain tumor that many of the doctors felt that he would not survive past the age of six or seven. Now, almost 20 years later, he's a young adult. Many of us, at the time of his diagnosis, prayed for him, interceded for him, and asked for God's mercy and to ask for that tumor to disappear. And that happened. It has gone into remission. And now Matthew will soon start work as a teacher's aide at a local elementary school. So for many of us, Matthew is a walking, living miracle. One of our former pastors, Pastor George Toda, over 10 years ago, had an aggressive blood disease that got him really sick. And he himself thought it was time to meet his, his maker. And, and at that time, he is probably in his maybe late 70s, and he was prepared for the worst. But he felt he had already lived a pretty good life. 
but people, his friends, those in his congregation, prayed for him and did not give up on him. And lo and behold, God literally healed him from his deathbed. And miraculously, he was healed, and he was able to share his testimony of God's faithfulness and healing at CLC's 90th anniversary. And my hope is, at our 100th anniversary, all of you can meet him if he attends. And we have seen God's healing, not just locally, but also on some of our mission trips abroad. Many years ago, one of our home groups, one that our admin, Lin, went to many years ago into China. And they were working in the countryside with an orphanage and a local farming community. And one of our members, while working in the potato field, encountered an elderly woman who apparently was blind. And this woman asked our member to pray to our God for healing. And sensing the Holy Spirit nudging her to pray, our member laid hands on this woman and prayed for her healing. And amazingly, to the surprise and awe of everyone there, this blind woman screamed out that she could see again. You can believe it or not. That God can heal is not the issue. Matter of fact, most of us wish for that to happen. Instead, our problem is this. It is more this kind of situation. Knowing that God can heal to accept why he chooses not to, at least in the way we expected or even asked for. And that's the challenge for us. Can we be okay when God does not heal? What do we do if God does not fix our problem? Can we still put our trust in him? For that reason, I'm going to suggest for us three things that help, at least me, understand why God and Jesus do and don't heal. So please uh, listen to this and and first accept this, this basic truth, that Jesus is always compassionate in our suffering. Again. Jesus is always compassionate in our suffering. When you pray for healing, Jesus is listening. He hears your pleas. But just because healing doesn't happen does not negate that Jesus is compassionate for you. He truly cares for you. And we are told about this attribute of Jesus in Matthew 9, verses 35 to 36. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, catch this, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The adjective every in verse 35 seems to imply ailments can be cured by Jesus. Not just some ailments, every. All ailments, illnesses can be cured by Jesus. And that was exactly what he was doing as he was going through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues. And the reason behind Jesus healing the sick is because the scripture tells us he is compassionate. I want to take a moment right now to to encourage those among us that may be experiencing tears, pain, and suffering in this season of time. That Jesus knows what you're going through, and he loves you dearly and has compassion for you. And in whatever trial or tribulation you're going through now, hold on to the promise 
that he will never abandon you. To help us understand why Jesus does and doesn't heal, know that he is always compassionate. And second, Jesus is purposeful in his healing. Again, Jesus is purposeful in his healing. Jesus heals for two reasons. First, to reveal God's glory to the church, to you and me, to believers, so his people will celebrate and adore him. When we see God's healing, we should praise him and testify to the world about his splendor and greatness. The second reason Jesus heals is to reveal God's supernatural power to the unchurched, to the future believers, to the unbelieving world, so that they can see God is real and that he exists. But often we forget these reasons, and not just what, and I mean, we just want that healing, no matter what, without acknowledging the healer. We want the gift and ignore the sovereign authority and discretion of the gift giver. Unfortunately, that is not how it works. Now, of course, I don't blame people wanting healing if they are gravely ill. When we are desperate, we can and we should go to Jesus. And we must also understand also this, that Jesus only does what the Father does, meaning God's will over our will. And to help us appreciate this dynamic, it helps to know Jesus' overriding mission and that healing was just part of his mission. And in Luke 4, Jesus told us exactly what he came to do. So reading from Luke 4, starting from verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and was his custom he stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. So in the following two verses, in verses 18 to 19 and Luke 4, Jesus quotes from Old Testament. He quotes from the book of Isaiah. And here, in those scripture words, are plainly stated his fivefold mission on earth. And I want to suggest all these are some form of healing, and not just physical, but emotional, social, but most importantly, spiritual. From verse 18, we see four of the five purposes. Jesus said he was anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. Essentially, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to give hope to especially those in poverty who usually in most societies back then and today are suffering the most. Next, in verse 18, he was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, meaning to help people break both literal and figurative chains and bondage that hold them down so that they can live their lives with complete freedom and peace. That's why we support Ministries like City Team and Turning Point to help men and women in recovery groups from drug and alcohol addictions or domestic violence and incarceration. A third reason, a third purpose for Jesus to be here on earth was to recover sight for the blind. 
which means to do acts of mercy and kindness to those sick and suffering, like what we did with our eye screenings and clinics for over 10 years. I still and will always remember what a young boy told my wife who served as a volunteer optometrist when she delivered his first ever eyeglasses. He said, I can see. I can see. Doing exactly what scripture is, commanding us to do, is to help the blind recover their sight. The fourth purpose we, we see here in verse 18 is that Jesus came to set the oppressed free. To set the oppressed free. Which I see as correcting systems and structures that persecute the marginalized, which involve forces like racism, sexism, and classism. That's why I'm grateful that our church is supporting and partnering with ministries working with the so-called oppressed. This past year, Pastor Ben and our social justice team helped our church give away $50,000 to nonprofits that are working with people who have endured hardship and injustices in our community. It's like Black Campus Ministries at, at Cal Berkeley's InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and like Urban Life Mentors in West Oakland who are working with inner-city youth with after-school care and tutoring. And I know you heard during our community life that we would like these snack packs. I think it's 200 snack packs that we wanted to put together, delivered on Easter to give to Urban Life Mentors. And it's a great way for us to partner with those who have been oppressed. The final purpose is given in verse 19. Jesus was to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And here, Jesus was referring to the year of Jubilee, where every 50 years, all debts were forgiven. That, we, that the reset button was pushed to return everything back in the nation of Israel. I mean, that's, wouldn't it be kind of cool where, all your student debt, all your mortgages, all your bank loans, credit cards were forgiven. Well, this forgiveness of debts was a foretaste of what Jesus would do on the cross. And it's prophetic to what is to come in heaven. These five parts of Jesus' mission are also a checklist for churches to follow. To ensure his church actually reflects God's mission in the world in both word and deed. And in the context of healing, Jesus heals is connected to his mission to reach people for God's kingdom. Now, our problem here is, however, we can, we can have an attitude of entitlement to expect Jesus will heal at, at our beck and call. Us being more focused in our self-centered interests versus to reveal God's glory and power to the world. That Jesus, we think Jesus is an ATM machine and not God. That our request for healing comes at a mere push of a button or the saying of some prayer or words to him. And for Jesus to obey our wishes rather than the other way around. This kind of expectation or attitude is not much different from what Jesus faced when he visited his hometown of Nazareth in that passage from Luke 4. There, the people of his hometown expected Jesus was going to heal everyone like he did previously in Capernaum, a town he had just visited before going to Nazareth. And they kind of disrespected Jesus too, 
not believing he was the son of God because they said, isn't he just Joseph the carpenter's kid? Jesus straight on addressed this in verse 23 of Luke 4. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Now here Jesus quotes this proverb. And in this proverb, he says, physician, heal yourself. And in some ways, he's referring to himself as the physician. Now this proverb, physician, heal yourself, is not from the Bible. It's not from God. It's a Greek culture proverb. And it means take care of your own problems first before you talk about my problems. Physician, heal yourself, also carries the idea of needing proof. They wanted Jesus to prove that he was the Messiah, not by him just quoting scripture, but performing miracles like he did elsewhere. Now, essentially, challenging Jesus to perform signs and wonders before they could accept him as the son of God. And Jesus did not play their game. And he did not uh, want to fail. Or he did not fall for their unbelief. He actually added fuel to the fire. He told them stories of healings by the prophets Elijah and Elisha of foreigners instead of the hard-hearted, disobeying, unbelieving Israelites. Verse 28 in Luke 4 says this, All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. The scripture clearly tells us that the people were really angry and upset at him for not healing and wanting to kill him. But Jesus only heals when God the Father tells him to do it and for the reasons and purposes that I mentioned earlier. I know this can be hard to accept. And I know... Many of you probably get upset or angry at God when he doesn't heal, just like those people in the town, his hometown, when Jesus didn't say, I'm not going to heal anyone here. Because the motivation for healing is sometimes lost on us. This is hard to say, sometimes hard to hear. If you're praying for a parent who is dying, for a friend who has been in an accident, or for a child who's dealing with severe depression. Remember, Jesus hears you, and he has compassion for you, and he dearly loves you. Even if your circumstances don't get any better, can you believe that, and can you still trust in God? Which leads me to my last point. Where, are, where we are short-sighted, Jesus has the end game in mind. Again, where we are short-sighted, Jesus has the end game in mind. No matter how we are healed, practically speaking, it's only short-term and temporal. We all face the inevitable common fate. What happens when we die? You know, whenever we're hurting, whenever we're suffering, Whenever we want a problem solved, we always want the quick fix. We just want to get it done. Um, 
when I was a dentist, I remember people coming in to my office to help them get out of pain, a lot of times involving a tooth. And the first thing in their mind they want is that tooth to be extracted. Just get it out of there. Just pull it out. And you know, a lot of times that would be the solution, but it's not always the best solution. There are other options that are better in the long term. But when you're going through a lot of pain, all you're thinking about is just get me out of pain. And that's how life is with a lot of our issues. A lot of times we don't want the best answer. We go for the quickest. And sometimes we find it through drugs, alcohol, or whatever to take care of the pain that we're going through. But Jesus has a better plan. He is not short-sighted, but he has the end game in mind. And there is only one healing that will ultimately solve the common fate that comes to us at the end of our lives, and that's death. How do we overcome death? And this problem can only be solved in one way. And Jesus points this out in Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, and I want you to catch this, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Our faith in Jesus Christ brings us spiritual healing. Like Jesus said, our faith makes us well. That is ultimately the best healing possible and the most important healing that matters. Where other healings are only temporal, spiritual healing is for an eternity. Um, at my house, my wife and I uh, love to entertain our friends in our, in our backyard. And if any of you have come over, you enter my yard through this side gate. And this gate, I usually keep it locked. And I keep it locked with something like this. And, and like all locks, you need to open it with a key. And the scripture says that Jesus is the key that opens heaven. Scripture from Revelation 21 tells us, in heaven there will be no more death or mourning, no more crying or pain. Jesus is the great physician, and he heals us in so many ways, but the most important is to accept him as Lord and Savior, to be the key that opens up heaven for us. And if you have any spiritual debt, it's paid for by Jesus. So you can enter heaven forever. And if you have not made that that decision yet, I encourage you, I invite you to choose Jesus as your Savior. And then Jesus the healer is the key that opens the gates of heaven.
In the meantime, as we wait to be in heaven, trust in these words from Psalm 27, verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. One of my favorite songs is Blessings by Laura Story. Some of you may be familiar with that song. And I love her her perspective in the lyrics she wrote. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering, all the while you hear each spoken need. Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your, your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Life in this world can be difficult. And as we endure pain and suffering that inevitably comes in our earthly journey, and we don't get the healing that we ask for, may we still trust in the goodness of God. In a moment, we will celebrate communion together to remember the act of sacrifice that Jesus, the great physician, did for us on the cross so that we can be healed of our spiritual debt. God bless you all as you partake. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we see your son Jesus this morning as the great physician. Jesus told us, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And may we have great humility to admit our brokenness that needs your healing. And I pray that today's word does not return void. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Calvin. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, we're going to be participating together. Um, and as Pastor Calvin was speaking, um, it really impressed upon me how important it is to think about God so differently. He's big enough to heal the hardest things in our life. And yet, um, uh, our Father is full of personality. We like him to be so predictable that we can control. If we just do A, B, and C, then he will do all of these things for us. And he is so uh, strategic and wonderful to know, to say yes to some things, no to other things. Um, The God who says, do you not know? Every hair on your head is numbered. If he's really God, he's really this big. And we appreciate so much that uh, perspective, Pastor Calvin, that uh, um, there is a mystery of who God is. And yet at the same time, he's always compassionate. And when it comes to healing, um, he heals the most important parts of us. Sometimes it's physical, but with our souls, with our hearts, um, he offers us our community in the world, uh, complete healing. And we long for the day. Jesus said, you know, creation longs for it, for him finally to come and put everything right. 
And until that time, we participate with him. And the first place we do that is within, um, within our, our family and with individually within our hearts to come to the table and to thank him. Uh, the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, this is my body broken for you. Then he took the cup. And he says, this is the, uh, this is the uh, covenant in my, this is the uh, covenant in my, uh, the, the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, remember me. Um, Jesus loves us. So as a community, let's come up and take this together. If you're comfortable, come forward. Um, and um, you can uh, take uh, one of the cups. Um, and if uh, you feel comfortable, we also have uh, bread. And as you come to the front aisle, then we'll circle back uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to our seats. Um, but uh, as, after I pray, uh, come forward and let's, uh, let's celebrate the wonderful gift of healing that uh, Jesus provided for us. Let me pray. Uh, Jesus, uh, I, I so appreciate the fact that you are Yeshua, God, come with uh, to be with us. Thank you that you were marked by healing others. So often you would heal people and say to them, go show yourself so they could enter back into the community uh, at the temple. And Jesus, uh, we ask that you would bring healing to every part of our lives. And so we start here. Heal us, Father. Cover, uh, we, we, uh, cover us in your uh, wonderful sacrifice, your broken body, and your blood that was spilled. Thank you that you take our place. May this transform not only us and our families, but may you use it to cover our community in our world that needs, um, needs your healing. And so this morning we admit that and we come wonderfully to your table. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So come forward and receive the, the Lord's table. you also we have Pam in the back who would love to pray for you if there's anything on your heart um, and at the church office we have Jeff who is gladly willing to pray for you as well so Blessings, we pray for 
Church, may the God who is the source of hope fill you completely with joy and peace and trust as you trust in him. And may you overflow with confident hope in what he has done through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us once again this Sunday. Um, Again, I know there was a lot to think about. A lot of this stuff can be heavy and very personal for us. And so... Pam is in the back. She will be there for a little bit. She would love to pray with you, love to talk with you and give you some care. And also the church office with Jeff. And so if you need that at all, don't be afraid. Um, Go and receive that. And if you have any prayer requests throughout the week, we would love to connect with you. We would love to pray for you. And so please send those requests to prayer at christianlayman.org and we will get back to you. And lastly, if you have any financial tithes or offerings, please make those online at christianlehman.org slash give. That's it for today. Thank you all for joining us. We'd love to see you at the Tennis Fellowship in just a little bit. And so stop by if you have time. If not, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday.